So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space in West Limit 102. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining me this morning on the 29th of April. It's the fifth Sunday of Easter. Of course, helping me to produce the program as usual. A good friend somewhere out there in Skyplant, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Good. Thank you very much indeed. I know you've been you've been trying to keep um, keep in touch with us as best you can because the internet connection has not been great. But anyway, oh, thanks again for joining us. Um, unfortunately, well, actually, fortunately, I suppose, unfortunately, um, I I was able to touch base with um, with the large community that actually Shane has actually set up. This was yesterday, uh, mid midweek um, in Kilkenny. But unfortunately, because of our of our problems with the internet with Shane, Shane wasn't able to join us. But stay with us in part two, where I had a chat with. Diana Walsh, who's the fundraising outreach coordinator for Larsh Ireland in Northern Ireland. And she joined me with Helen O'Shea, who's one of the members there. Also, Peter Bradson uh, is the assistant coordinator, and Madeleine Regan, who's an assistant. A lovely interview to give us some idea about what Larsh is all about. Thanks for, set, for sort of setting that up, Shane. I'm sorry you, you weren't able to join us. But what, what I want to say now at this stage is most important is thank you again for those people who listen to us each week. Um, they're very welcome to those people who are sick and housebound and those who are lonely and searching for some hope. I know we say this every week, but we mean it every week because we do know that there are people out there who are lonely and who are struggling and who are on their own. So we hope you get something from this programme, especially some hope. Um, this programme, as people are aware at this stage, is broadcast on West Limit 102 local radio uh, each Sunday um, at 10am, of course, and also it repeated again at 11pm. And a podcast of this programme is available on our blog, our website, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. And of course, those of you who have access to YouTunes, you can find us there if you, if you search for Come and See Inspirations. But in the meantime, thanks again for joining us. If you want to pass a message onto Sacred Space, you can do so by phoning the local radio station, and that's 069-66200, or you can email us, and that's in sacredspace, 102.gmail.com. Time is a little bit short to know today, but Shane is going to run through some saints for the week, and there's, uh, there's some very important saints this week, Shane. Thanks, you might share with some of us. Okay, thanks, John. Well, as you said, so Celestial Guides, we do a quick rundown during the week. So, obviously, we're in the fifth week of Easter. So, for those that are praying the Psalter, we're back to week one. <coughs> so, um, this Sunday is the 29th of April and actually would normally be the feast day of St. Catherine of Siena. But, obviously, because it's a Sunday, Catherine's feast day is not observed this year. And I think, John, from memory, Catherine of Siena is Lorraine's... Uh, uh, saint for the year, patron saint for the year. I think you're right. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. Then on Monday we have Saint Pius V. Now Pius V obviously is um, a pope. Uh, he was a Dominican pope, a uh, Dominican elected pope in 1565, and he's very much associated with implementing the reforms of the Council of Trent and the Counter Reformation. And he was the pope that implemented the first major reform of the liturgy of the Mass. Um, and the catechism. He's associated also with uh, issuing the bull which excommunicated Elizabeth I of England for heresy and persecution of English Catholics. And he was also noted for his defence of Christianity and Christendom by his support against the Ottomans by his support of the Battle of Lepanto in 1571. So that's Pius V, and he died in 1572. 
Then, of course, that's the 30th of April, so it's the last day of spring, according to the calendar. So, 1st of May, 1st is the is the feast day of St. Joseph the Worker. Of course, this is very much a feast day the church holds up as a, a not so much as a competition, but as a, a, I'm not sure what the word is, it's kind of a, a friend to the celebration, of course, of May Day mm. and the celebration of labour on the 1st of May. And giving, putting forth the example of St. Joseph, the worker, the carpenter, the, um, as an example and as an intercessor for all workers. So that is St. Joseph's, of course, second feast day in the year. The other feast day, of course, being March the 19th, which is his, uh, his feast day as the husband of, Mary, of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Then on Wednesday, we have the feast day of St. Athanasius, Bishop and Doctor of the Church. Athanasius is very much associated with the city of Alexandria in northern Egypt, and where he was born there around 295. Athanasius is a very famous doctor of the church because he's known for his writings and the works that he did fighting the heresy of what was called Arianism. Now, Arianism was a heresy which did not denied the true and equal divinity of Christ. Um, and uh, so, you know, as Christians, we profess that Christ is both human and divine. And that during the time of the Arian, the Arian controversies and the Arian heresies, this was denied. He was an Athanasius, very much associated with the defence of that uh, teaching and understanding of the Church. Uh, as a result, he had to endure much re- tribulation, and a number of times he was actually even exiled. And he died in—I don't have the, actually don't have his dates in front of me. Um, so then on Thursday, we have uh, uh, St. Philip and St. James, the Apostles. Obviously, uh, J- Philip is the one that is asked to see and having seen tells the good news to others. And he was he's associated with the town of Bethsaida, and formerly a disciple of John the, ba- John the Baptist even. And he then became a follower of Jesus. St. James is the son of Alphaeus and a cousin of the Lord and is very much associated with the the church in Jerusalem after Christ's ascension into heaven, and he's seen as kind of the first uh, bishop of Jerusalem. He's obviously the man that's associated or whose name is associated with the Epistle of Saint James, and is regarded as converting many people of faith in Jerusalem. Now, the interesting thing about Saint James is that he was one of the first people to be martyred for the faith, uh, and he was uh, he was beheaded. In um, in Jerusalem in the year sixty two, um, so that's Saint James and Saint Philip's, whose feast day we uh, we celebrate on on Thursday. Uh, he is also known as James the Just, and yeah, James the Just. Uh, okay, so then moving on on Friday. Uh, okay, so for those celebrating Friday is the first Friday of the month. So for those observing the tradition of the first Friday, uh, just to remember that. On the Irish calendar, it is the feast day of St. Conlet. And St. Conlet is associated with uh, Armagh. He was, uh, sorry, I beg your pardon, Wicklow. I apologize, looking at the wrong name on the calendar, John, sorry. So while living as a hermit, a hermit even, he was persuaded by St. Bridget to act as a priest for her community in Kildare and is associated very much as a bishop and abbot of the monks of Kildare. And he was, he was, uh, he was originally buried beside St. Bridget in her great church in Kildare as well before her remains were moved to Downpatrick. 
Then on the 5th of April, we have the feast day of Blessed Edmund Rice. Now, Edmund Rice, of course, is very much associated with education, and he's associated with the formation. I think it is the... I always get this one wrong, John. I think it's the Presentation Brothers, or the... I'll just double-check that while I'm talking away. So he was originally from County Kilkenny, and after his young wife's death, he sold all his possessions and in, and formed uh, other people into a group to work for Catholic education for boys. And he's regarded as a lay apostle and a deeply committed religious. Uh, so that's who we celebrate on the 5th of April. Okay, John? Shane, thank you very much for that. I, I just want to mention just one thing that's on EWTN next Saturday, um, the 5th at uh, 9 o'clock for one hour. The Vanny Away. Ten students from the John Vienna, from the John, John Vienna, Vienna uh, Catholic Secondary School visit the large community in Bruel in France and immerse themselves in the culture as they partake in the workshops, in, in, in the workshops, in pottery, mosaics and gardening. Just so happens we, we were speaking about Lash. Uh, Lash, of course, is going to join us again in, in part two of the programme this morning uh, from Kilkenny. But there's also something on Lash for one hour next Saturday night at 9 o'clock. In the meantime, I would invite you to stay with us for part two. We won't have any time for music this morning. We'll stay with us in part two, where we chat with the Lash community and then come back and join us again in part three. So welcome back again to Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining me again this morning. This morning um, we have um, some special guests to join us on our programme here on West Limit 102, local radio, to talk to us about um, an organisation that we've often heard about and maybe most of us don't know much about them. So it's a delight for me to welcome on to the programme this morning uh, Diana... Diana Walsh, who's the Fundraising and Outreach Coordinator for Lash Ireland and Northern Ireland. How are you? You're welcome to the programme. Hi, John. How are you? Good. Thank you very much indeed for joining me this morning and joining our listeners. Um, To tell us a little bit about Lash, I suppose the most obvious question is, what is Lash and how did it start? Well, thank you very much for giving us the chance to, to talk about Lars and who we are and what we do. Um, I'm really, really happy to have in the room a few people who represent like, the best of Lars, and it's a privilege for me to share the room with them. Um, I'm in the room with Peter Bravason, who is the Assistance Coordinator for the community in Kilkenny. Uh, also, here we have Madeleine Regan, who is one of our assistants, and Helen O'Shea, who is one of our core members. A core member is a term that we use uh, for what in other organizations would be the residents or the, the users. Um, and the reason why we call them core members is because in large they are really at the center of everything we do. Uh, so to reply to your question, large is an international network of communities where people with and without intellectual disabilities share life together. That's basically who we are. Um, everything that we do implies the work to the, the work together. Everything we do, we do together. We live together, we work together, learn together, have fun together, we hang out together. Um, and that is actually something we're very proud of, especially in a world that kind of pushes to uh, separate every time more and more. Um, in large people with different levels of abilities, different backgrounds, different religions, different languages, from different parts of the world, with different experiences, 
just get together and enrich each other. And that's one of the, the things that we consider can be a sign of hope for the world, the fact that we are able to join everybody around the idea of togetherness. Um, okay. Um, by the way, can I just ask you that um, your accent, it's not an Irish accent. <laughs> no, it's not. No, I'm not Irish myself. I was born in Colombia, um, um, where I lived most of my life. Um, and then I decided to have an experience learning another language. So I went to Australia, and then I met an Irish guy. People advised me not to, but then I met an Irish guy. Right. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, and I fell in love, and here we are. We decided to come home to start a family. And then um, he was involved with the, his family was involved with the opening of the first Lash community in Ireland. And that's how I got involved with Lash. Beautiful, beautiful. And by the way, your, 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 your English stroke Irish accent is very good. Thank you very much, Nate, again. <laughs> Thank uh, you very much. So, just going back again to how, how did Lash start? John, it's Peter here speaking now. Hi, Peter. Thanks, for, Hi. thanks Peter. You're welcome. Yeah. Well, it started in France in 1964 uh, uh, with a man called Jean Vanier, who was a, a French-Canadian. Mm-hmm. He started it on a very small scale. Um, yeah. Uh, he started it on a very sc- small scale himself, and two men with uh, intellectual disabilities lived in a little house, which he calls, which he calls L'Arche, because it means the Arc in French. And it was in a little village in France, near Paris and from there it just without any great plan it just mushroomed and mushroomed so that it eventually came to Ireland this movement called L'Arche and uh, we started the first L'Arche house in Kilmagany, County Kilkenny in 1970 Helen 78 78 and Helen here beside me was one of the first people ever in it in this L'Arche house called Moorfield House Kilmagany, County Kilkenny and that's really the beginning of Larsh Ireland and Kilkenny, Kilkenny and Ireland. So therefore, so there, yeah. soon for our fortieth anniversary. Wow! 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 Something special coming up this year. What it is? What? Sorry, John. Something very special coming up this year. Well, yeah, because it's forty years since uh, Kilkenny began in Kilmagany, and uh, forty is a very symbolic number really, uh, certainly a very biblical number, 40 years of going through the desert to get to the promised land and 40 days and 40 nights the rain came down on the ark and all that mm-hmm. so uh, so Larsh also recognises the importance of the number 40 and uh, so we're going to have a big party on uh, the 26th of May in Kilmagany County Kilkenny to celebrate that we've been around for 40 years that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well done. So, when Lash came to Ireland in back in 1978, 40 years ago, I mean, obviously, people um, within the communities might not have been the larger communities I'm speaking about here uh, might not have been aware of Lash and how it operated and so on and so forth. So, maybe the first question would be, how were you received when you came to Ireland in 1978? Um, I'm glad to say received very well. Um, a lot of a lot of the reason for that was because Jean Vanier, the man who started L'Arche, was a very charismatic man himself and well able to speak at uh, big events. And um, he also was very friendly with the local bishop of Ossery, of Kilkenny, 
who was called Peter Birch. Peter Birch knew a lot about the L'Arche Foundation in France, and he invited Jean Vanier to come to Kilkenny because he felt there was a need for something like L'Arche. And the groundswell of of, uh, support was second to none. And certainly in the village of Kilmagani, where they founded the first house, Jean Vanier often says that it was the one L'Arche Foundation that he remembers in the world where there was no opposition at all Beautiful. to setting up a large house because in a lot of the other houses he began people were very prejudiced against people who were seen to have uh, disabilities but in um, in Kilkenny uh, thankfully that was not the case and it was a very uh, we were uh, the large was very welcomed from the very beginning in Kilmagani and Kilkenny um one one of the things that maybe people might be a little bit interested in is um, how does daily life revolve around in a in a large home? Oh, right. Well, I would say it's very simple, generally speaking. Um, nothing uh, too spectacular. Uh, it's basically it's based on the idea of friendship. Uh, all of us together, uh, the assistants and the core members, uh, basically to try and live together as happily as we can. And um, but it's, it's it tries to be a normal kind of family life, if you like. Uh, the idea would be to break down the idea of the institution and uh, trying to make the place a homely, uh, loving and caring environment for all the people who live in a large house. So it's. The normal things, cooking and laundry and cleaning the house and that kind of stuff and going out to uh, outings, picnics, going out to the pub, the odd time, the cinema, the odd time. We try to live as normal a life as possible. Um, so uh, I'm not sure if that answers your question. but No, it certainly does. Diane might have a word or two here. Okay, I think Diane. maybe Helen and Madeline can help you more with that because of their perspective. Helen as, as a core member and Madeline as the assistant, so I don't know you guys. Helen, yes. do you want to talk about your experience living in the house? Well, when I was six years of age, I started Kimmy School. And then I left Kimmy School and stayed at home for years. I was listening to Ray when I was... 13, and I left when I was 16. I was supposed to go to Monster Avenue in Kildare when I was 17, but then I seen more than no, no, no. I went into Canada for five weeks in 71, came home. Then I, I didn't feel well, and I broke winter sudden and I went back in, came out again. Then I went to Kimmy when I was 26, and I liked the Larch Kimmy but um, I had, since Mammy died, I had hard times. And uh, I went back into Candace uh, in 81. I stayed there for seven whole years. I came out on Shield in 89. And um, I went to Lee Day in 81. I went to the flat in the Day. Now I'm going to be Shelley. I'm living on my own now. And thank you so much for that. So have you got very many people living with you in your current house? 
Just I'm living on my own. Okay. And, and there, there is one of the settings here that is interesting in Kilkenny because we have one of the big houses where some of the core members live with the assistants and then uh, just next to it there are three independent chalets. Four, four, oh, sorry, four of them, thank you. And Helen has one of them, so, yeah. And so how does I Helen... Like, I like the like chalet. <laughs> <laughs> how does Helen spend her day? What do you do every day, Helen? Wednesday and Thursday, I'm walking there. Tuesday and Thursday and Friday, I'm walking there. I'm walking every Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> and what sort of work do you do, Helen? <laughs> Helen, do you want to tell John what you do when you work here? I just do my laundry sometimes, and I do the team in my flat. Okay. How about you, Marilyn? Has your experience been in your house? Yeah, so I lived in Moorfield House my first year here out in Kilmageny. Um, I'm also not from Ireland, yeah. you can't tell by my accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I uh, moved here yeah, to Kilmo and I lived, uh, there were eight people in total, sometimes nine living in the house. And it's, um, do you know, a normal, like, big farmhouse with a lovely garden and our garden workshops out there. And I, I really enjoyed living in a community I live now in one of our other houses that's more a guest house and I'm, I'm full-time in the workshop that we have our day our day center here mm-hmm. um, but it was a really special year that I was able to live with um, with lots of different people I mean not just people from Ireland all over the world and I think that really gave me a great perspective on how to work as a team and how to work together and really how to live um, in community with other people intentionally um, and I mean I I've done some great things since I moved to Lars. Like I, I took one of our, our core members um, to Germany this last year. Um, and it was honestly the trip of a lifetime, to say the least. Um, yeah, so, you know, I think um, the life that we all get to live here is something really special. Um, and I would say I'm very lucky to be a part of it. And tell me... I went, uh, I went uh, to, to, um, to Spain with Greta. And I had a lovely time with Greta. We went out for lunch and we had tea out. Mm. We went for a big long walk. My feet are sore afterwards. <laughs> Helen's actually just back today, aren't you, Helen? Yeah. From her nice long holiday. Yeah. And so she might have a bit of jet lag, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I will say happy. I think I think there is something that we we take for granted here because we have been part of large for so long. But for people who are not familiar to us, it is important for them to know that the care that we provide in large is a holistic care. We have residential houses in which our core members can live, and when they join us, most of the time they stay for life. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, beside the houses, we also have workshops, which are spaces in which the core members can exercise their create their creativity and their skills. So we have different activities in different communities, and it depends on the local context. So we have candle making, we have I don't know, arts, we have music, we have different projects depending on the community. And we also have support networks, and, and that's the whole idea of a group of people, uh, the, the building community around our core members. Um, so they are pretty much at the center of, of every single decision we have, and they are at the heart of the networks. So it is because of their gifts that Lash is what it is. And that's really important for people to know, and that's precisely what Madeleine was saying, and Peter and Helen and myself have experienced so much during our time in Lash. P- 
people with intellectual disabilities have real gifts that are needed in our societies nowadays. I like Michelle. I, I, I like Michelle. And I wouldn't like anyone to move me out of it. I'm really happy on my own. You're really happy having you. Isn't that wonderful? And, so, and to, so, so do, do Lash have an involvement with the larger community as well, you say? Yes, we do. We have evolved with the, the community around us. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, half of a lot of the idea of Lars is that we try to be part of the local community. We're not trying to be anything separate, separatist, or we don't want to live in a cocoon of our own by no means. So, uh, yeah, uh, and it's nice that we have a house in the village of Kilmagani, we have a house in the town of Callan, and we have a house out in the country. You know, we've kind of we're all over the place. Uh, but also, we have a cafe. Uh, in the middle of the town of, of Callan, which is great for kind of just being a presence in the middle of the town where everybody can come and uh, enjoy a good meal, you know. That kind of thing is important to us because mm-hmm. we there is a danger. We could run the risk of being too much doing our own thing and not enough part of the community uh, at large. Then you see that uh, uh, the mission that we have in large is making known the gifts of people with intellectual disabilities. And that mission pushes us to go out to the world all the time and make people aware, make people aware of the gifts of people with learning disabilities, intellectual disabilities. Um, and it's only by interacting with people that we can make those gifts known. So obviously as part of our mission, as Peter has said, we have the cafe. In other, we have 137 communities in 39 countries. In Ireland we, and Northern Ireland, we have four. We have here one, this one in Kilkenny, one in Cork, one in Dublin, and one in Belfast. And all of us have the mission of going out to the world and let people know that people with disabilities have a gift and they can teach us lots of things that we wouldn't learn otherwise. Um, I think Peter can actually tell you more about Jean, Giovanni's philosophy, philosophy behind this. Uh, he says that it is because we share our lives with people who, who have different abilities. He, uh, he has a, a term that is very popular in his writing, which is um, poor people. It can be read as vulnerable people. When we share our lives with, with vulnerable people, our own vulnerabilities uh, come out and we can start real relationships with one another. The fact that we are surrounded by people who are vulnerable also help us be stronger in some aspects, you know. Barriers are taken down, the, the walls are broken down as well. And it is when we share our lives with people from other backgrounds, people who are different in any way, with different sorts of abilities, different contexts, different religions, different ways of thinking. It is by those interactions that we can start real relationships and create a better world. As you mentioned then about religions and so on and so forth, is there a spiritual life as part of the community? Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely. Um, uh, in general, in, in Ireland anyway, we would call Lars a Christian community. Um, Jean Vanier himself was a very uh, devout religious man, um, a very strong Catholic himself, um, French-Canadian, as I say. <clears throat> but but Lars takes its spiritual ethos really from wherever, wherever it lands, so that in Ireland it would be generally Catholic. Um, in 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 England, it'd be more Anglican. Uh, in India, very interesting. It's a mixture of Hindu, Muslim, and Christian all together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, there would always be a spiritual aspect. But in the West, generally speaking, we would be Christian. And um, although Larsh doesn't have any really heavy philosophy behind it, 
uh, it does tend to base itself on the basic uh, ideas of the gospel mm-hmm. of the um, of the Bible and of the New Testament in particular. And I would say that one of the key um, phrases from the Gospels is the phrase from the Beatitudes, the first uh, phrase in the Beatitudes, which says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Mm. That's very much the ethos that uh, lies behind the large communities, I would say, worldwide. And even though there is this religious uh, uh, flavor, let's say, to large communities, uh, it's not exclusive so that, for example, um, in my particular role, I'm involved in recruitment of assistants who come here for a year or maybe two years. And we don't specify that you must be a Catholic or a Protestant or a Christian even. But um, we, we tend to accept people from all religions and even none. Uh, but we do ask them to respect the ethos of the community. And we do have, for example, here in Kilkenny, we would have many times of prayer during the week and we would ask that people be respectful respectful of these times whatever their own beliefs are thanks Peter and you mentioned there about assistance um, obviously you would need the help of assistance from time to time tell me how that works or what, what's involved I'm sorry John I'm finding it hard to hear you uh, but in terms you of that again in terms of assistance um, you need people obviously to help you out with your work there yeah. What sort of work is it? I mean, well, first of all, what, what's the requirement? I mean, what would people need well, to have? And secondly, right, well, right. what sort of work would they be, become involved with? Well, first of all, we, we don't actually want, let's say, qualified people. Like, we're not here to require or to... Um, we don't want nurses and doctors and professionals, really. We're not... Generally speaking, it, it's young people that, that apply, volunteer assistance from other countries. Um, come. That's, that's the nature of my um, job, let's say, uh, is, is to find these people. But um, the requirements are, naturally, we'll have an application process. They'll have to fill out an application form. Uh, we'll have to look through it and see if we feel this person will be suitable to life in L'Arche. They'd have to write an essay about themselves and why they want to come to L'Arche. Um, but um, uh, a lot of the training, let's say, or formation, as we call it, happens as they uh, as they go along. So I'm involved very much in the in the formation of assistants after they arrive here. So I've given them basic training in, in various elements of living in a large community, um, and also we will get some professionals in to give other kinds of training as well. So we don't want people to come with a long list of degrees and that kind of thing. It's, um, sometimes it's helpful, sometimes it's not. Uh, but, but um, yeah, so it, it's very wide-ranging. I think the, the basic thing is a, is a strong desire for people to work alongside people with intellectual disabilities, to live and to work with them. Uh, and that's, I suppose, the first thing we ask for. Um, everything else is kind of secondary. Even their faith, it would be secondary to that. And, um, and yeah, um, that's the first thing. If we find, for example, that we feel someone is coming from a foreign country just to learn English, for example, in Ireland, that wouldn't be a good enough reason for us to accept an assistant. If that, happen, if that happens to be down the line a bit, oh, and also I'd like to learn a bit of English, mm. that might be possible. But, yeah, we try to get our priorities right. <clears throat> Tell me, one of the things I was um, thinking about there, how is L'Arche funded? 
Okay, well, this is, this is where Diane, Diane is the expert here now. Here she goes. Um, most of our funding comes from regular sources, official sources. You can read the HSE. Uh, so we are governmentally funded for the provision of service for the core members. Um, however, that's limited in the sense that it only covers what is service provision. So everything, everything that makes large what it is, is not funded, is not covered, so we have to fundraise for that. So um, things like the formations, the, the faith, um, all the activities that we do with the core members, uh, things like the outreach to go out to the world and spread the word about the gifts of people with disabilities, mm -hmm. um, even training for, for our staff, training for our leadership team, um, the, the renovation of premises, new vehicles, all those things are not covered. So we have to fundraise for all of those things. And so if there's some li somebody listening here at the moment and would like to make a donation, how, how, how could they go about that? Well, there are, there are several ways to donate. Um, if people are comfortable donating online, they can do so through our website, uh, which is www.large, you spell large, L-A-R-C-H-E, largeireland.org. That would be one of the ways. The other one is if they don't feel comfortable doing it online, some people prefer to donate anonymously. Um, they can contact me, and we can arrange an anonymous donation. Or people also um, can find our address online, and they can send um, uh, checks. We, we, we're very lucky. We received some checks in the post, and that really helped us with the renovation of the premises, especially that is one of our big topics at the moment. Um, people with disabilities, as all of us, obviously, they, their, na their needs change over time. We're all getting older. <laughs> None of us, as, 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 far, as far as I know, is getting younger. <laughs> and I don't know if anybody else has yeah. a to you. I know, it would be great. Yeah. Um, but then that means, obviously, some people are more... Um, they, they have more risk to have different illnesses. Uh, some of us would end up in a wheelchair, for instance, and that requires modifications in our houses, modifications in our cars, all of those things. Um, so we really do appreciate donations. Um, but also, at this stage, I think large is, although we have been around for 40 years, our profile has been quite low. We have been very busy doing things right <laughs> and not so busy telling, about, telling anybody about it. Um, so we are trying to extend our network, reach out to more people. So if there is anybody listening to this who can introduce us to a company who's looking for a partner or can introduce us to a, a foundation or a trust that could help us with any sort of funding, there is anybody who knows somebody who could help us develop our projects or simply get the word out, somebody with a contact in the media, no, a I, journalist, I, I, I that would, would be very I much appreciated. I would change up in a wheelchair. I'd rather be a mule. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, Sally, could you just give me the address again for those people who mightn't have the internet? Yeah, absolutely. The the physical address is okay. uh, yeah, it's Anshil. Um, probably you guys have the spelling better, but A N S I O L Anshil. Okay. Forty two West Street, Callan, County Kilkenny. So that's forty two West Street, Callan, County Kilkenny, and yeah, West the, Street. and the telephone number, the landline telephone number. Zero five six. I'll find that for you. It's. I think it's zero five six seven seven five five four nine four. 
That's 056 And of course, we do have our own blog, and, and we will be putting all this information up on our own blog. So we'll be doing our little bit to help you. But I want to just ask you just one final question before I think somebody's going to give us a song. But before that, um, what would you like our listeners to take away with them this morning? It might be their first time in listening to somebody trying to communicate or communicating with us very well, and thank you so much for that, communicating with us what NASH is all about. What what message would you like to, them to take away with this morning? Probably the message that we would like to communicate is give yourself the chance to share your life with somebody who is different in any way, somebody who has a different level of abilities, somebody who has another set of beliefs or another set, way of thinking, who comes from another country, who speaks another language, uh, give yourself the chance to share your life or share a few minutes with that person because it's incredibly enriching. That would be probably the message that we would like to communicate in large. Uh, there is gift in difference, different from what we have been told in the media that we should be um, kind of pushing strangers away and building walls, and that's, that's not the way forward. Um, if we want a better world, we have to give ourselves the chance to share our lives with people who are different. Thank you so much for that. And just one final question. If if somebody wanted to maybe visit Lash, could they do that? Could they call down to... Canada? Absolutely. Absolutely. Our, our communities are open to visitors. The only thing we have to do is to arrange it up front because of, well, different regulations and things exactly. we have to comply with. But it is possible to visit our communities for certain uh, and our workshops and have dinner with us in the houses. That's also possible. Uh, so if people are interested in doing that, they just have to contact me through our website or through the landline that you already have, um, and we, we will arrange it. As I told you before, we have a community in Cork, one in Dublin, one here in Kilkenny, and one in Belfast. Um, so we are, we are open in all of them. So if I was taking a drive around County Kilkenny one day, I could give you a call, and maybe I might get a cup of tea and a biscuit? Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Okay, very, very good. Listen, thank you so much, all of you. It's so much um, help for us all to, to, to give us some idea about about Lash and what it entails and so on. So, and maybe whetted our appetite a little bit more to find out a little bit more about Lash. So to close off this part of the programme, to close off this interview, is somebody going to sing us a song? Yep, yep. Peter is going to sing a song, yep. Okay. Okay, okay. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, Good evening, guys. Um, now, um, I just, uh, I suppose I better introduce this song a little bit. Please. Uh, um, it's, it's, um, it was actually a poem I wrote some years ago, but uh, it then became a song. And uh, I wrote a little bit about the song, so I'll just read it to you now before I read, before I uh, sing this song. Uh, this poem... Lying on my back, it's called. Uh, it may subconsciously owe something to Heaven Haven by Jared Manley Hopkins or Crossing the Bar by Tennyson, but the words came directly as a result of a dream. There was another factor, too. Uh, I had recently finished working uh, for my first time and living in the Larsh community in Kilkenny. Now, Larsh means the Ark, be it the Ark of the Covenant the basket of the baby Moses, or Noah's Ark. When I was leaving, I was given a present of a picture 
which depicted a boat in a stormy sea with a godlike captain sitting in the stern while the crew were trying to grapple with the elements and steer the ark to a safe haven. In my dream, I was lying on my back in a green field somewhere and looking up into the deep blue sky. But the sky was the sea upside down, and I saw boats in the sky heading for harbour. I woke with all of these words in my head, and I quickly wrote them down before I forgot them. And later the poem became a song. So I'm going to sing the song now. It's called Prayer Boat, inspired in some way by Larsh.
Thank you so much for that. You're welcome, John. So thank you, Diana, Peter, Helen, and there's one more person. I forgot the name. Madeline. 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 Thank you so much, all of you, for for joining us this morning. And um, maybe if we were to ask you again to join us again, would you would you join us again sometime? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. In the meantime, take care. Thank you again for joining us. Thanks to you. Thanks very much. God bless you now, guys. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks, John. Thank you very much. So, welcome back again to Come and See Inspirations. Uh, I hope you enjoy that interview there with um, the Lash community and the information and any help, of course, we can give them. Uh, we will, of course, be putting all of that information up on our blog, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. Now, with this part of the program, as usual, we read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel for this week. Before that, there's a prayer. We always pray before reading and reflecting, and Shane's got to share with us this morning. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander. May we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today, as I said, from the fifth Sunday of Easter, is taken from John. It's chapter 15 and verse 1 to 8. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that bears no fruit, he cuts away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, to make it bear even more. You are pruned already by means of the word that I have spoken to you. Make your home in me, as I make mine in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by all by itself, but must remain part of the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me, with me in him, bears fruit in plenty. For cut off from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is like a branch that has been thrown away. He withers. These branches are collected and thrown in the fire, and they are birds. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask what you will, and you shall get it. It is to the glory of my Father that you should bear much fruit, and then you will be my disciples. That's the Gospel for today, the fifth Sunday in Easter, of course, a, a very familiar one, Shane. You might share some thoughts, please, with us? Sure, John. Um, so we progress, obviously, through the Easter season. Uh, hard to believe we're at, we're at week five already. There's, uh, I think, two more weeks to, 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 to Pentecost. Um, and in this week's Gospel, we, of course, again encounter... Uh, a discourse from St. John's Gospel. 
and of course it's that that very familiar uh, reflection on our unity with Christ with the analogy or with the parable of the vine and our need I suppose to uh, um, be in communion and union with each other and with God and I suppose it's one of the things I suppose that can really challenge us is I suppose how are we in communion and union with each other and where are we open to allowing ourselves to be pruned in the lives that we lead? And I suppose it's one of the things to reflect on this Sunday, of course, is the fact that, you know, the, the way of, 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 of being pruned in our lives can sound very harsh, but I suppose it can be through the word, through scripture, through the sacraments, the events of daily life. And where are we open and seeing the hand of God in the encounters of our daily life? Are in our encounters with God through the sacraments or through the scriptures, and what is that saying to us? So it very much links in to this idea that Pope Francis promotes again and again of discerning the voice of God, the will of God in our lives. John, did you have any thoughts? I, I do actually. I was at Lecture Divina, obviously, uh, again uh, with Father Frank Duick and a number of us on uh, Monday night, 8.15 to 9.15 in Newcastle West, where Father Frank helped us to reflect and break open the Gospel for this week and see where it's speaking to ourselves. And take away with us either a word or a phrase that, that might be tugging at us. And the one that took at me this week was, you were pruned already by the, by the means of the word that I've spoken to you. And of course pruning, as you said earlier, Shane, is getting rid of something that will not bear fruit, but will only take the energy, the energy away from something that will bear fruit, good fruit and plentiful fruit. So each week in the programme, we read and reflect on the Word of God because we believe the Word will help us to grow in union with God. We're challenged by the Word at times. This is where the pruning takes place. The Holy Spirit nudging us to respond by applying action in our lives to eliminate a weakness we have. It could be jealousy, greed, lack of love to our neighbour and so on and so forth. But Father Frank helped us to reflect a little bit and see where the Gospel is speaking to me in my life. Where am I failing, for want of a better word, or, or a little bit weak in my own search to stay connected with that vine? Um, there's times, of course, when it's challenging. There's also times when it's encouraging. But it's important to us each Sunday just to stay with the Gospel, as Shane said. Stay with it. Allow the Word to, to, of God maybe to shape our lives and to prune us to become better people in the eyes of God, but also better people for our neighbour. So I like that idea again about allowing ourselves to be pruned by the means of the word. That's the word of God that we hear every week. People say, oh yeah, that happened 2,000 years ago. But it's so important that we realise that that applies to our own life today. That's my own little piece anyway. Um, Shane, thank you again indeed for for persevering, really, because um, we, we certainly have um, a few little hiccups with the with, with the with the Wi-Fi and the internet. But thanks uh, be to God that we had those. These things are going to happen. Maybe next week we might change it all again. Because next week we're going to hope, hopefully, reflect on um, on Mary. Maybe have a Marian reflection next particular week. But in the meantime, we'll go out for our final bit of music. And this one, uh, very apt, by John Michael. John. Yes, sir. Just before you give the final piece of music, okay. as you mentioned next week's program as a Marian program, just to remind people, I forgot I was doing the same for the program. Obviously, of course, as Tuesday is the 1st of May, 
That means Monday night is May Eve for those that wish to keep up the tradition of going out with the Easter holy water and blessing the land. So just a quick reminder for those that might be interested in doing that. Sorry for the interruption. No problem, Shane. Thanks for that. So again, that final piece of music by John Michael Talbot entitled I Am The Vine. So for myself and Shane, God bless you now and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye now. Bye. I am the vine, and you are the branches leaving me, and you will never die. I am the vine, and my Father is the keeper, come to me. Let the Spirit bring you life Like a tree planted by the living water To stretch its roots into the living stream You will show no distress In the heat of the drought But still bear fruit And live I am the vine And you are the branches Living me And you My Father is the Keeper, come to me, let the Spirit bring you
Sacred Space.